The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today. In this special gathering, we learn to trust in God's power to restore the turmoil of this world and start living amazed. And that little word lost in the Greek means ruined, devastated, broken beyond repair. That I think that the heart of the Father in a nation that is so broken is to say, don't clean yourself up to come to me. You come to me as you are and let me heal your broken heart. Welcome to Life Today. I'm so excited for you to be joining us. You're, you are going to love today's program. It's something new that we've God's put on our heart, and James is going to be able to share it with you. So thanks for joining us. Well, we're really talking about Living Amaze, not just the book Living Amaze, which I'm told has been as great a blessing, many tell me, as anything they ever read. Because the thing that I feel like you're going to see is that I'm the least likely person, so shy, fatherless kid, absolute poverty, Nobody ever picked me for anything, but God chose me, called me, and he's done the same for you. And I don't care how limited you may feel, he is able. And uh, we just had a, a, a literally a several week sharing time with people filling this studio that wanted to grow and live a maze. And that's what I think is gonna happen with you over the next days and weeks. Be blessed. We join that time now a time of sharing. I wonder if those who are watching from home or even in our audience, who maybe they do have a broken marriage, maybe they have gone through a divorce, and suddenly they stopped at hearing this, shaking this fist, and, and I wonder if you could even expand on the fact that, that Christ came for those who are broken. Um, I would just hate any of our people watching to feel no, I hear you. You know. And you, of all people, would understand that well. And by the way, I think that, now see, that to me is an absolute reason God says, when God says something to somebody who's seated, let the ones who's speaking stop, 1 Corinthians 14, and honor them. See, what we've done, we've made light of covenant. We've made light of commitment. Absolutely. We got no fault divorce. We're actually divorcing in our relationships with one another, just in friendships and relationships, which makes the other easy too. But let me tell you what divorce is, and this is such a powerful thing. God hates divorce, you say. And listen, divorce is something he granted. He, there's the reasons that he granted it. It was not his perfect will. It's not what he wanted as best, but he granted it. And it's not the divorce paper and the divorce act that God hates. He hates what's happening in a relationship that leads to that divorce. It's that tearing apart. It's the no longer being one with one another and with him in that relationship. That, that destructive force is what God detests, not the individuals that have had the catastrophic accident. Sheila, years ago, the Lord showed me when I saw the, how many people have been devastated stated by divorce to say the children of all people, perhaps more than any of the children. But when you see that, what you've actually witnessed is a catastrophic collision. It's like a massive car wreck and the damage is undeniable. 
you don't start lecturing those people that have been hurt on all the mistakes they made or someone made. Oftentimes, it's totally someone else's fault that brought it about. What you do is you start ministering love and life and restoration to those people who've been damaged by it. And this is what I hear your heart crying out for. When so many people have experienced this, they don't need to feel like they've been thrown on the trash heap. They're no longer a citizen of the family of God. They're no longer accepted because you know the importance of that. And so since you have experienced that, and it's part of your testimony, say a word to people who have had their heart torn by that experience. To all of us in the church, what is one of the best approaches you believe we can take to heal the wounds that come from that catastrophic event? Well, I think of when I think of how the Father is with me, with each one of us, I think he says, come as you are. You know, Luke 19, verse 10, where the crowd have criticized Jesus because he went to Zacchaeus' house and they know that Zacchaeus is somebody who's been ripping off his own people. He's a tax collector. They have no patience for him. But Jesus said this, the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. And that little word lost in the Greek means ruined, devastated, broken beyond repair. That I think that the heart of the father in a nation that is so broken is to say, don't clean yourself up to come to me. You come to me as you are and let me heal your broken heart. Beautiful. Dudley, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, you know, God loves to demonstrate his nature in the prayer that you're studying there in John 17. He talks about my glory. I want you to, to know my glory. Well, his glory is his nature revealed. Well, God's nature is mercy, compassion, love. So what's the best way for God to get to express mercy and love and compassion? Well, somebody that needs it. God loves sinners. He loves broken people. He loves people who need mercy and help. He shines there. His glory is magnified there. We live under the lie of that father, the other father, the liar father, who says God loves good people who never have problems. So we hide our problem when we have it, or we feel disqualified when when our problem gets exposed. And, and that's totally upside down. God loves the broken. He loves the sinner. Can I add one more thing? <laughs> sure. I just want to take it to another level. You remember the woman who was dragged in front of Jesus because she was caught in the act of adultery? And Jesus says, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And eventually they all wander away. And Christ asks, where are your accusers? And she said, they've gone. But I think what Jesus says to her is fascinating. He says, Neither do I accuse you. Now go and sin no more. So often within the church, we want to reverse that and say, go and sin no more. Neither do I accuse you. When you do that, you've changed the gospel of Jesus mm. Christ. That's great. Christ mm. says, I don't condemn you either, but go and live differently. Go and live loved. Go and live whole. You don't hear the voice of the Lord and the heart of God and what you're hearing with these two beautiful people right here. This is just such a healthy way for us to function. I want to uh, I want to talk to you about who's in the family. All right, uh, not everyone in church is or part of the church. The church consists of born again, blood bought, uh, transformed people, new creations in Christ because of the power of the gospel. They've had a an encounter with Christ, a relationship with Christ, and their lives have been changed. Many people are in churches. They're affiliated with it. They're members, and but they don't know the Lord. 
I mean, they just don't know the Lord. And many people will try to pin it on a particular type of an experience. And that's why you'll see so many different people. Everybody doesn't have a Damascus Road experience. But if they have the encounter with Christ, they will have the transformation effect over the period of time that the same as what the Saul of Tarsus had, who became Paul the Apostle. And I find sometimes if we will really pray and trust God and be faithful witnesses, that he sometimes will step into the situation almost like in person in a divine encounter. I actually think if we Christians would be faithful witnesses for Christ, which he's left us here to be, he actually said, it is necessary for you that I go away and send another like me to live in you. I'm going to send that Holy Spirit, the paraclete, another like me to live in you. He also said to those same disciples that they were to tarry until they were endued with power from on high. He has told them in his departing words that they are going to be his witnesses beginning at home, Jerusalem, neighboring cities to the ends of the earth. So we've been left here not to get out of here, but to be witnesses here of the kingdom. Now they tarried. Now remember this, one of them that tarried was the very man that boasted so much about how if everyone else forsook you, you can count on me. Also the one that when Christ said, who do men say I am? And they all answered that you're John the Baptist or one of the prophets and so forth. But then he asked the pertinent question, who do you say I am? By the way, you need to answer that. Who do you with your testimony in your life say he is? Of all people, Simon Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, men, flesh and blood, did not teach you this, but my Father in heaven. This has been revealed by the Father to you. And upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell not prevail against it. Now we can get into a lot of discussion about what all that meant. Let me just simply tell you what it means to me. I believe what he was saying the ability for the family and the children to hear the Father's heart and the Father's voice and know His Word and know that it is communicated to them from the Father, the ability to hear the Father's voice and the Father's heart in relationship with the Father, this relationship upon this reality, upon this, I build my church, a born-again, new creation, royal priesthood, these individuals born again these are the ones that are in the body. These are the family and the gates of hell will not prevail against those who hear and heed the Father's voice in fellowship as a family. And we grow in grace and knowledge. Now, this same great confession in the next sentences, when Jesus told him some of the things that were going to happen they didn't want to hear, the same man who made the great confession said, far be it from me, it won't happen. And Jesus said, Get thee behind me, capital, Satan. This is all in Matthew 16. Get thee behind me, Satan. He wasn't rebuking Peter, but Satan, now who's speaking through Peter, where a while ago God spoke through Peter, not flesh and blood, not Satan, God the Father. Now he's quoting pure Satan, the father of lies. So he rebuked him. This just simply says, and I want to warn you, at the same level you hear the father's voice, you'll hear the enemy's voice. 
He'll come as an angel of light. He'll come as a minister of righteousness and he will deceive and he is deceiving the multitudes. And most people follow the father of lies rather than the father of life. And we're going to get into that more in the coming weeks as we show you what that looks like. And you see the spirit that's controlling the nation and the people and too much of our leadership and too much of the people in our churches. So you can have a membership and not know the Lord. Simon Peter knew the Lord. Now, while boasting you could count on him, he fell asleep when Jesus asked him to tarry. He cut a man's ear off because he ducked. He got the ear. You know he wasn't after ear, not Simon Peter's after his head. He acted like anything but a Christ-like person. Then in all of his boasting, Jesus tells him you're going to deny him. You're going to be sifted by the enemy. And he was. He denied Jesus three times. Now think about this. Here Jesus has said in his parting words, you're going to be witnesses unto me. Right here in Jerusalem, the ends of the earth. They are filled with the Spirit. The power of God fell on them. They came out and preached, speaking the language of all the people. There are a couple of characteristics I want to point out here. And I personally believe in the spiritual prayer language. I believe that. I don't want to argue with you about it. I'm so tired of Christians arguing about the gifts of the Spirit instead of living in the fruit of the Spirit and let the power of the Spirit utilize the gifts of the Spirit for their intended purpose, the glory of God and His intended purpose. So please don't get in the argument. But what happened there is they began to speak the language of the people where they understood it. They spoke it with the dialect of the people and they spoke it with great God-given boldness. Guess who the keynote speaker was? the man who denied Jesus, the man when Jesus encountered him after his sin, couldn't even ultimately say not only that I'd agape you, but do you even like me? And he answers, thou know, you know. What does Jesus say to this Christ denier? Feed my sheep. You want to know why? Because the Lord who is our shepherd loves sheep and he wants the sheep fed. He wants to be fed the word and grow. So he's saying to this one who failed so far, so miserably, feed the sheep. So I don't care where you are. I don't care what you've done. You yield your life as a totally yielded vessel to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit of love and joy and peace. You let that meekness, that kindness, that gentleness, that self-control, you let that flow through you and you're going to be amazed Simon Peter was a keynote speaker at Pentecost. A miracle occurred. 3,000 people were born again. You look in detail at the first four chapters. I'm going to ask you to study this on your own. You look how many times they talked about amazement. The book that I wrote, Living Amazed, and people commenting on how they want to live amazed and how few people seem to, is one reason I'm trying to talk to you about how every one of us are intended and divinely enabled by God to live amazed in the power of His Spirit and His presence in us and the fruit of the Spirit, not the flesh, being manifest through yielded lives. So this is what God wants. Now, are you part of that family? Have you been born from above? I didn't ask you, have you ever failed? Simon Peter failed. But if you know Him, you want to live in His shadow. You want to live in his presence. When Jesus said, I send you a sheep in the midst of wolves, he didn't send us to the slaughter. 
He sent us out there with the watch care and the shelter and the shadow of the ultimate shepherd, the Lord, who will scatter the predators, will kill a lion and a bear just like David as a shepherd exemplified in his own life. Jesus did not send us out here to be destroyed. He sent us out to be more than conquerors in his name. And we've got to go in that confidence together. If we're Christians and we know the Father and we yield our life to him and our body to fill us with the Holy Spirit, then we become an expression of his life. So the question is, have you met Jesus? I gave a boy's life to the Father through Christ, and he saved me. My beautiful wife, Betty, who's sitting here, glowing always. You look at her smile. Go ahead and flash that <laughs> smile for me, honey. Everybody out here will fall in love with you. Listen to me. That beautiful girl, I always tell her she's the original church lady. When I was dating her, I said, have you ever had a bad thought? She couldn't tell me. I said, well, let me give you one. <laughs> she, she wasn't going to hear it. I'm, I'm listening to me. You just can't imagine how sweet. And one night she says to me, because I had just said to her, honey, Jesus is so real to me. I held up my arm, had a short sleeve shirt. I said, he's as real as the hair on my arm. He's that real to me. And she just stared at me and she said this, he's not real to me. He's just someone I've always heard about. I joined the church because others did. You say, well, what'd you tell her? I just prayed. And one night we went to hear a young man give his testimony. And when we got to the house, she repeated those words. I don't know if I'm saved. You say, well, did you tell her you just need to get saved? Let me talk to you. No, I said, Betty, I'm going to pray for you, honey. I went home and I prayed for her. Got down on my knees and prayed for the sweetest girl I ever knew. Still, sweetest girl I've ever known. The next morning, she got up and she taught her Sunday school junior girls class. She left the junior girls class. She went to the choir room, put on her choir robe, came out with the choir. Then she left her seat in the choir with her sister and she and her sister sang a duet for the special music. Went back and sat down in the choir. How much can a sweet girl do on one Sunday morning for God? The pastor preached a simple message on knowing Jesus and trusting him. And that beautiful teenage girl, Betty, left her seat in the choir, walked down front, dropped down on her knees for a moment, stood up, put her hand in the pastor's and said, Pastor, right over there, I just gave my life to Jesus. He said, Betty, you're the best girl in our church. She said, Preacher, quit telling me how good I am. I'm tired of trying to be what I'm not. Right over there. I gave my life to Jesus and he saved me. Did he save you, Amen. honey? Amen. Are you still <laughs> saved? <laughs> now let me tell you something. A lot of people who are associated and connected with religion who've never been born from above. Do you see that telephone number right there on that screen? Do you notice it's an 800 number? You know why it is? Because love pays for it. What kind of love? God's love for you. If you don't know that Jesus is in your heart and that you've been born of the Spirit, then right now you can invite Jesus to come into your heart as the Lord and Savior that he is. Would you just pray this right where you are? Father in heaven, I want you to be my Father. I believe you love me and you gave your Son Jesus to die for me, to pay for my sins, Forgive me, Lord, 
come into my heart and save me. I trust you. In Jesus' name, Father, you don't have to be a beggar. You just ask and you'll receive. And Jesus said, confess me before men. I confess you before the Father. If you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Would you right now? Would you dial that number? By the way, many may call. If you get a busy, you be determined. You call until you get through. You just tell someone, I gave my life to Jesus. I want to send you a book called Knowing God as Father. So please call. Give us an opportunity to bless you, knowing God as your Father. There's no question in my mind, Betty, that everyone watching, everyone in this studio was in the presence of God. And I tell you what, over the next days and weeks, I believe you're going to find yourself in the family room, really getting to know the Father and begin to live amazed. One of the things that Betty and I discovered in our life and that all of our viewers have discovered that gives them so much joy, and that is, now think about what Jesus said in Acts. It's more blessed to give than receive. One of the things that Betty and I have enjoyed is focusing on blessing others. God looked for a family through whom he could bless the nations, the people of the world. And when we individually participate in blessing others who feel so overlooked, we have given God joy and his joy is our strength. You're gonna have an opportunity to totally change something for someone that feels overlooked and you're gonna experience that great joy. I know you're gonna to want to. This is a real key to living amazed. Watch prayerfully, but just know you're gonna be part of a miracle. The world's youngest country is in crisis. South Sudan was formed in 2011 and has been mired in civil war and ethnic violence ever since. Hundreds of thousands of families were forced to flee their villages in search of safety. The usual crop harvest has been affected, and the resulting food shortage has left parents with very few options to feed their children. Parts of South Sudan are currently facing the UN's first declared famine since 2011, and it's only getting worse. In the coming months, nearly half of the country's population will be dependent on emergency food aid. For years, South Sudan's children have been living in the shadow of violence, and now the most vulnerable face another deadly challenge, starvation. They need our help, and they need it now. See, there's one of our mission team members, Janice Meyer. She's been, she's actually been with our ministry since she was a, a teenage girl. And she's gone all over the world, putting the arms of Jesus around the suffering. And that precious little child 
but you can tell Janice is not only praying for and caring for her, but she wants to see that child's life saved. And Betty, she can have deep concern, but unless the missionaries who share that concern have the resources, they can't change everything for that child. But, it breaks my heart to see them in such danger in the first place. They're trying to escape from the enemy and that that mother had to leave behind four of her, her children. It just breaks my heart. But then she escapes with one and they're trying to stay alive and then they face another enemy, malnutrition for her precious children. We have to help them. We must help them. This is a need that we can take care of. So please join with us and let's get the food to these children that so deserve a chance in life. Well, you know, Betty, our viewers are watching and I've just told you that over the next days and weeks, you're going to be so blessed to learn how to live amazed. But you know, when you look at that little child, that little child just would like to live. And that mother would like her child to live. The mother that doesn't know about the four children she had to leave, she's desperate. And you know, the only answer is the love of God through a yielded vessel, a person. But that person having the resources, not just compassion, but the ability to help. And that's what we give them. You become the miracle answer to that need and to their prayers and support the missionaries. 30, 50, $100, three, five or 10 children for the next months. Take your bank card, go online or call the number. Please do this. Please be a miracle blessing. You'll be blessed in doing that. That should give you joy just as it does God. You may wanna be, be a sponsor of a school. You'll see the opportunities, just very prayerfully respond. And we have some gifts to send you to help you grow spiritually, which is what the program does. We give you water, and life, food, spiritual food to bless you. Thank you so much for sharing life. Please, please go online or make that call. Use your bank card like a check. In impoverished and even now famine-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face death by starvation. Life's Mission Feeding Program is ready. With your support, we're able to feed and care for children in famine areas of Sudan, as well as Angola and Mozambique. With all of our previous reserves gone and Mission Feeding facing the worst drought and food shortage in years, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider a special gift of $1,400 to help sponsor a school and help feed 140 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you my Daily Word devotional. This box set of four seasonal devotionals will help you read, reflect, and renew yourself through God's Word with space to journal your thoughts and reflect each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive Carrie Job's newest music project, The Garden, along with the Story Behind the Garden companion DVD. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more, be sure to request Determined Eagle, our 2017 commemorative bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or go online today and make your gift of life to help feed and care for hungry children. Thank you so much for your help. I wanna remind you that if you, if you wanna write a check, make it to life, but would you, would you call us and tell us what you're sending? Every gift is so important. We're gonna be sending you the Daily Word devotional, seasonal devotional, 
uh, beautiful music by Kerry uh, uh, Job. If you would like to have the book Living Amazed, we're talking about that. And everyone can live amazed in the power of God's Spirit. If you'd like to have it and you say, James, we're, we're sharing life. Would you share the book with me? We'd be more than happy to. So just ask for it. And Betty and I say thank you so thank much for watching. Tell your friends that we're going to be talking every day now about living a maze. Sheila Walsh, Dudley Hall, Betty, all of us together pouring life all over you for the glory of God and for your benefit. First thing he wants you to know is you're on his heart. Tomorrow, start living amazed by understanding what God thinks of you. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.